the corner, the gas cooker on its tall enamel legs, and the chipped butler sink with its wooden draining board. Anna turned on the stiff cold tap that dripped constantly, however hard you turned it off, and ran some water into the aluminium saucepan. It was one of the few relatively new utensils they possessed. Her mother had often told her how she had dutifully given up all but one of her precious pounds to the war effort, so that she could proudly watch them fly overhead, transformed into a spitfire in one of the dogfights over Plymouth. Anna remembered when, some time after the war was over, and she had been reunited with her parents in their new home. She had gone with her mother to the hardware shop to buy what she hadn't been able to pick up second-hand. Anna had been fascinated. Even the shopkeeper had seemed proud of his rows of gleaming saucepans. And looking back... Anna realised it was because such things were only just becoming available again. The pan wasn't quite so shiny now, despite her mother's efforts with the Brillo pad. Anna crowned it with her father's dinner on a plate, lit the gas beneath it, and left the meal to steam. Her father would doubtless feel better once he had eaten. She crept back through the kitchen. Up in her room, she still had a large chunk of our mutual friend to read for her Dickens class the following day, That was if she could concentrate after the upset. No matter how often it happened, and it seemed to be happening more often of late, she could never get used to it. But someone had to stand up to her father when he had one of his fits and jolt him back from the demon that overtook his brain. Her mother wouldn't, or simply couldn't. Anna wasn't sure which. "'Your dinner will be ready in about twenty minutes,' she said brusquely. She was making for the door without stopping but her father caught her arm and extricated his head from where it was buried against her mother's shoulder. Thank you, and I'm so sorry. Anna nodded briefly. Oh, yes, the real Vince Millington was sorry now, but how long would it be before it happened again? Next week? Tomorrow? She climbed the stairs wearily. Back in her room, she sat down at the little table, wrapping herself in the blanket again. It was the only way to keep warm. There was a tiny cast-iron fireplace, but they couldn't afford the coal to burn in it. Anna dreaded the approaching winter. Though a hot water bottle tucked into the scratchy old blanket would keep her body warm, her hands would grow painful from cold, and eventually she would be driven downstairs to the warmth of the kitchen. She found it so hard to study down there with her mother creeping about the room, and if her father was there, even in his normal state, he would be rustling the paper or cleaning and refilling his pipe. The silence would be palpable, tense, and concentrating would be impossible. Ah well, she must get her head down over her book while she could. It was like living on a knife edge. As she sat in the classroom, Anna's mind kept wandering back to the Victorian terrace in the old area of Ford, not far from the Devonport dockyards. During the day, her mother would potter about the house, making sure everything was clean and tidy, just as Vince liked it. She might turn on the radio ever so quietly and hum along to music while you work. She would do the shopping, so much easier now that rationing was finally at an end, nine years after the war was over. And then she would scuttle back home like a little mouse, never popping in for a cuppa and a chat with one of the neighbours. Not that she was asked any more. Stuck-up cow, Anna's best friend Ethel across the street had confided her mother was known as. Frieda Millington's only friend was Ethel's mum, Mabel, and as far as Anna was aware, even she didn't know the truth.
The bell, heralding the end of the school day, started Anna from her deep thoughts. She packed her books into her satchel and made her way along the corridor to her form room. Silent and in single file, keeping to the left. They were like soldiers, she mused. But she supposed when hundreds of girls were moving around the huge school, the rules were sensible, and adherence to discipline was what had won the war, or so Anna's form mistress frequently told them. Anna, I'd like a word with you. Miss Moore's steely grey eyes fixed her with an accusing glare, and she inwardly sighed. Miss Moore was like a sergeant major. Even the most rebellious people would cower under her withering gaze. But Anna felt nothing. Her mind was sealed to everything but the prospect of what the evening might bring. I'll wait for you in the cloakroom, her friend Maud whispered as she closed the lid of her own desk. Afraid I can't. Pam, who usually walked with the added.